You're listening to Life in Limbo Land, the go-to podcast for all things millennial. We started in the love field and now we're expanding. We're going to go into health, wellness, fitness, finances, buying a home, lifestyle, everything you need to know to live your best life. And who are we? I'm Tiffany. I work in entertainment partnerships. I'm an LA native who loves discovering and exploring all things in the neighborhood, learning about healthcare, skincare, what is popping, what the new restaurants are. I have a newsletter, Tips Tips newsletter. Check it out where I highlight all the best happenings in LA and also share my favorite things. I also love all things pumpkin spice and I wrote my master's thesis on dating. So I'm here for the collective millennial experience. My name was Kudzi. I was born in Zimbabwe, grew up in South Africa, and now I live in Los Angeles, where I work in digital media and entertainment, particularly focused on talent and helping people express themselves on the internet. I've noticed a growing need for stability among millennials in the online space. Same as Tiffany, I also have interests outside of podcasting. I have an Instagram called Sir Candleman, where I'm aiming to be the leader in all things luxury-scented candles. Now, now let's, let's get, get into, into it. it. On this episode, we have Alex Golick, who is the CEO and founder of Intensify and also the creator of Yoga Society. And he's going to be sharing with us how he went from a corporate nine to five job to investing in his own business and how he scaled that business to have several employees a couple years later. So I realized I can make way more money and have way more freedom by working for myself. And how did you get there? Like when you were in your nine to five job, what made you think I need to get out? I could be doing so much more with my time and energy. I think a lot of it was feeling like um, like the work I was doing, like I wasn't really seeing like the output of it. Mm. I wasn't really seeing like the results from it or I'd have great ideas and people wouldn't really listen to them or they wouldn't act on them. So I think I just wanted to have uh, a lot more freedom. So when you finally realized that you could be delivering greater outputs for your own company, what was the first step you took to building this company? First step I took was to get a DBA, okay. uh, a doing business as. Mm -hmm. um, Explain what that is for the people that don't know. So there's a bunch of different types of business entities. Mm -hmm. um, you can get an LLC, an S corporation, a C corporation, and a DBA. Mm -hmm. Uh, C corporations are like Google, Facebook, huge companies. Um, S corporations and LLCs are what the majority of smaller businesses are in uh, the United States. And then a DBA, um, it, it's basically a way to do business with another name, not using your own name. Uh, but you don't have the protection of having uh, like a corporate veil. Right. So why would you do that instead of an LLC? So it's it's really quick and it's cheap and it's easy. Um, getting an LLC or an S corp, uh, you can do it online. Um, you have to pay more fees. You have yeah. to pay at least eight hundred dollars yep. a year in taxes. Um, you're, you're way better off just starting as a DBA unless you're starting a business where it's like really likely that you're gonna be sued. Mm -hmm. Because with a DBA, there's no corporate veil, like I said. So mm -hmm. if somebody sues the corporation, they can sue you personally. They can so take all your money. So isn't the $800 worth it? So that it's a protection. It's literally like insurance. Yeah, but if you have any oh. kind of like barrier to starting the business, like in okay. your mind, so or like you're, you're, it's just another barrier, baby right? Step. Yeah. yeah, it's the easiest way to just start the business tomorrow. Um, you know, even if you're like, I don't know what the name should be, like start a DBA. It's really okay. quick. And how did you know to start a DBA? Um, I did some research okay. online and like the different types of business business entities that existed. Mm -hmm. um, and it just was like clearly the easiest one, the least barrier okay. to entry. And so you started in that. And then what was like you did? Were you doing this at the same time as working? Did you quit your job completely uh, and say, bye, I'm just going to invest all my life into this? Uh, OK, so here's the origin story. Yes. That's um, what we want. So I was working as manager of advertising operations at a marketing company. And one of my best friends, uh, she was running the e-commerce business of an apparel company. And she came to me and she said, hey, we have a marketing agency right now uh, that's doing our marketing, but we're not getting any sales online at all from anything they're doing. Can you look at it? Can you tell me what's wrong with it? 
why is it not working? So I took a look and I saw that they were making a ton of different mistakes and I let her know. And she asked me if uh, they could just hire me to do their marketing, but they basically needed an agency. They needed somebody that they could pay, you know, a much more nominal amount than a salary to do it. And I was mm -hmm. already employed at a marketing agency. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I could do something on the side. Um, but she was like, in order to uh, hire you, we need to, I need to tell my business that we're hiring another business. So I had to start a business right. in order so to work with her. That's kind of ha what um, happened to me. It's like, I think that's one of the big steps for people is like, they tell you, you need a business in order to do it. So you just like put the steps in for getting it. Right. Um, I think it, uh, it, it also helps for the business that's hiring you because it limits their liability. Mm -hmm. If they're hiring a business instead of a person, um, there's no chance that they're like misqualify miss uh yeah like misqualifying you as an independent contractor instead of a part-time employee and, mm -hmm. and the taxes too i think are are less on the company yeah i mean if you're a contractor then mm -hmm. it's still fine but if you're a part-time employee or something then they're paying employment right tax. exactly so that's, that's 7.65 I mean. percent is something they're all mm -hmm. trying not to pay right okay um so i worked with her um over the course of six months, uh, we increased sales by about 200%. Wow. Yeah, it, it went really well. Um, and then after that, I just kind of started talking to people about what I was doing on the side with this company and didn't really have any other clients for maybe like six more months until um, I spoke to somebody and they wanted to try working with me. Uh, and then I just kind of steadily started to grow a client base. And were you still in your job while you were doing this or were, did, had you already parted ways after the first one went really well? Yeah. So I was still at this marketing agency. Um, I was there uh, for how long after I started it? Maybe maybe a year or so. Okay. I was still there. That was the main thing I was doing full time. I wasn't mm -hmm. spending as much time um, on the side company. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it started to, I started to get more clients. I started to be working more. I left the marketing agency. I went to DirecTV to do data analysis. Um, and while I was there, I continued to grow the agency, uh, my own agency. Mm -hmm. um, and then after about six months or so, I left there to do it full time. And what made you go from part time to full time? Um, so while I was at DirecTV, uh, I was driving from where I live in West Hollywood to El Segundo. Oof. Yeah. Ooh, ordeal. A lot of our followers and listeners are not from LA, but so you just need to like put that in perspective. Yeah, let's explain 45 that. Minutes to 45 minutes 45 minutes to maybe an hour. LA, yeah. it's, you know, it's probably like 12 to 14 miles. It's but less in, than that, I think. It's probably like eight miles. It, it's, pro it's probably like four blocks, but driving in LA makes it take like, like it makes it take a couple years. You might as well years. get on a plane and go to San Francisco at that point because that would be this, too. yeah, I mean, it would take the same amount of time and, you know. Yeah. So anyways, LA traffic's bad. So mm -hmm. what I was doing, uh, was on my way to DirecTV every day, uh, I'd be on calls with current clients, potential clients, trying to make the best use of the time. Uh, I'd be at DirecTV, and then I, I guess it doesn't matter because I, I don't work there anymore, mm -hmm. and I'll probably never work for anyone else again, so wow. I can just say it. But I mean, I, I was basically there, and like middle of the day, I'd get like ads that needed to be changed or something, and I'd like have to make up an excuse to like run outside and like oh, wow. try to make changes on my phone. And then uh, end of the day, drive home um, on calls again on the car ride back, uh, probably go work out. Uh, and then I'd work for like five hours or something from home. And then I'd go to sleep and just do it all but over. You were again. also dating during that time too, no? So uh, how were you doing it all? Yeah, I mean, maybe a little. But I mean, yeah. during the week, not not as, as much. much as you do now. You were hustling. You were hustling. You were making you were hustling. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like you were hustling. Yeah, I, I was hustling yeah. hard. And, yeah. and I got to a point where I didn't have the energy to continue to do both. And uh, there was no way for me to scale my business mm -hmm. while continuing to spend so much time working at DirecTV. Uh, getting two salaries was amazing. Yeah, I bet. But, uh, but yeah, and, and I wasn't really loving DirecTV. Um, they got bought by AT&T while I was there. So it was just, it was like the third or fifth largest company in the US. Mm -hmm. So it's just a massive, massive company, which I, I really don't think huge companies are for me. Right. Yeah. I'm definitely, I love a startup feel. Yeah. 
it's just different than like a huge company but yeah i mean you like to move fast you like to like source your own so you were talking about how you were trying to get more clients like what was the process like that for you for finding more people before that before that okay. how did you feel what, what was going on emotionally were you scared or were you like oh, i've got this um so i'm i'm really into risk i have like a huge appetite for risk uh Tiffany i does not yeah she's not a risky he girl knows that. he was he's always trying to get me to build out my business and i'm like no. yeah i i think every one of my friends will tell you that i try to tell all of them to quit and start their own business yeah, every does. single day mm -hmm. uh I, I don't know. My track record might not be great for getting people to do it, but I try to get everyone yeah, to do he it. Does. Um, but yeah, I mean, risk wise, uh, I don't, I was not nervous at all about it. Um, I also did it in an extremely safe way. Mm -hmm. By the time I quit direct TV, um, and was running the business full time, it was already enough to sustain me. Right. So I, you know, if I didn't get any more clients or anything, like I would have been perfectly fine. Um, so I did in a really safe way. Uh, I would say at the time that I did it, I think my parents were still trying to encourage me not to leave the job. Mm -hmm. And they were like, get more clients first. Don't go uh -huh. yet. But, you know, I think you, you kind of play by the rules your entire life. Uh, and then eventually you get to a point where you're like, all right, I'm done listening to everybody else. This is what I want to do. Like, I'm going to make the leap. So what was that catalyst? that like in your head you're like i'm gonna stop listening to the rules like you know all these people are telling me not to do it because there is so much pressure around you to kind of live this more traditional life um i think i just wasn't really enjoying working at direct tv anyways mm -hmm. so at that point it was like not somewhere i was going to continue to work mm -hmm. um and uh yeah i mean i definitely had like saved up money too i, I was just in a fine position financially yeah like now was the t it was now or never type of situation yeah and i'm also just i've never been scared like what if i leave this job maybe i'll never find another job like i think uh if you're confident in your skill set mm -hmm. there's you know let's say i did leave and i was not successful and i lost all my clients and maybe six months later i'd have to look for another job but i'm i'm sure i would That'd find another job yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be the end of the world. That's true. I think that's a big thing that like you, you've got to just remind yourself. Like when people are like, aren't you scared that like what this won't work out or that won't work out? I'm like, I mean, I'm at a place where if that happened, it'll be OK and I'll figure it out. Like right. I've never been worried about that. And I think you just have to get there mentally in order to be able to do your own thing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's part it's partially like a privilege. Mm -hmm. Um and but you worked hard to get there, right? It's true, true. But I mean, it's also, it can be partially a privilege. You know, mm -hmm. if you, um, it, I don't have a family or a wife or children. Mm -hmm. uh, right. I don't have people depending on me for money. Uh, I don't, you know, I have uh, parents that are comfortable. So it, there's definitely some privilege there. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people um, worry more than they need to. Right. So back to Tiffany's question. So how did you start getting your clients? Yeah. Uh, starting to get clients. Um, I've always just spoken to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, you got to get out there in the I streets. Will say, Alex is the best at taking any situation and turning it into something that will be helpful for his business. Yeah. I think that um, I think I just talk to people. And if it sounds like there's some opportunity there with them or with mm -hmm. a friend or somebody they mentioned, I'll try to follow up. Mm -hmm. uh, so... I definitely have not uh, tried very much or had very much success just like doing cold outreach to people. I don't just get on the phone and call businesses. I don't just um, get on uh, email and just start emailing random businesses. I've also found that like networking events that are strictly for business are not particularly helpful. No. Be because I think you just get, you just, it's, all just too inorganic yeah. when things right. are more organic it becomes easier uh to form a relationship and to you know potentially turn someone yeah. into a client the best is word of mouth i feel like you're really good at just talking to people and people know what you do and what your skills are so when opportunities come to other people who might not necessarily be like i don't know how to do this they're good at sending it to you because like you have a track record or you have case studies that you could show this works yeah um I think I'm not shy about speaking about business and I'm not shy about uh, tooting our own horn a little bit and talking mm -hmm. about how we've had fantastic results. And I think that that all helps. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then what was like your first big win? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, first big win. I mean, I think the first big win was probably with the e-commerce company yeah. where we grew it. The second big win was uh, I was working with my cousin's law firm. Um, and they, they have a, a pretty decent sized law firm. And I helped them to uh, scale it significantly. So back then, um, they came to me and they'd been doing marketing and, and were kind of happy about where they were at with the cost per um, case that they were getting, right? Mm -hmm. So they were doing marketing in order to get people contacting them who needed a lawyer and their cost per case, they were very happy with it and they were you know, telling me that it was very good uh, and they wanted to give me a shot at helping them with marketing. So the, the very first month I worked with them, we got a cheaper cost per case than they'd ever had before. So that was kind of a win and then the bigger win came about a year or two later uh, when we'd taken the law firm from getting a hundred cases a month to getting uh, two to three hundred cases a Whoa. month, and they needed to get a new building to move all the new lawyers and everything into, and we just, you know, the the business had grown two or three times, uh, and a lot of that was thanks to advertising. Oh, okay. So speaking of scaling a business, you now have employees. I remember when you first started, we both would co-work together at Andante. Shout out to my favorite coffee shop. You hate it because you say the Wi-Fi is not that great. But you went from like Is that where you get your matcha drinks? That, no, I, I don't get there. I get that from Cha Cha Matcha. Got it. It's a different place. Where, yeah. Which Andante is this? Andante is across from Erewhon on Stanley and Beverly. Got it. They have the Chagachino. Which you tried, right? I didn't try it. You didn't try it? It's good. Anyway. What's in a chocolatino? I know it's like a tangent. It's mushroom. Mushroom. uh, Yeah, it's a mushroom like cacao mix with. No, girl. That is not it. It was good. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, It's really good. Only like 40 calories. Oh, wow. trying to do something. But it's sweetened with like erythritol or something like that. What are these ingredients? I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) so you went from like not having any employees to now you have two and you're growing. Um, when did you decide that you need to hire someone and then how do you go about finding the right people because like when yes please the first yeah finding that first employee it really you want to find a great person so what was that process like for you um it's a good question uh so i think the easiest way to start scaling a business is with contractors which is um what uh we still have a lot of contractors um maybe like we have maybe like seven or eight contractors Mm -hmm. still um and really that's how we started because contractors you can start um with one project and if you get another client you can have them work on that or if you lose a client they'll just stop working on it you can scale them up you can scale them down and you can pay different amounts of money dependent on uh, what clients you have and if you get clients or lose clients um, how did you, you find those contractors? Uh, how do you go I think about it? I think the first contractor, one of the first contra- contractors I found was from Upwork. So we started on Upwork, but it was somebody who was also in Los Angeles. And then you know we started chatting on the phone. Um, he was like a normal person. Uh, it wasn't just like an internet person. And uh, yeah, and then he worked out, and he was good, and he produced good work, and I continued to work with him. Um, and then other people I just met kind of through chatting with people and networking and would meet people who were involved in marketing um, but offered like a very different service than I did. So I started really with digital advertising, but I knew that in order to have an agency that was um, able to, to really service companies and be a one-stop shop, we needed to be doing social media, we needed to be doing SEO, mm-hmm. uh, we needed to be doing blogging and email marketing um giveaways influencer marketing so that's how i kind of filled out my team with people with skill sets that i didn't have got it and so that was through word of mouth just like talking to people did you ever like bring someone on board where you're like oh this person sucks like how do you like go about getting rid of that person and you know finding the right people uh, definitely i mean i think with contractors once again it's a lot more simple Mm -hmm. um you can bring them on for one project. If it works, you can continue. And if it doesn't work, you don't really need to have much of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of uh, finding the right people, um, I think you need to educate yourself in the subject matter. And then you need to ask them questions 
probing questions to try to get a good understanding of if they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you need to ask them for examples of past results. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always a red flag with a contractor or an agency or uh, whatever it is. If you say, you know, give me an example or, or share with me a case study of a time that you help somebody with social media. And mm-hmm. if they can't give you anything or they don't have anything put together, um, I just wouldn't work with them because it's just a red flag. Uh, and then hiring employees is just super difficult. I, I think it's very difficult. Um, but I think we've gotten better at it. And I think that the way to do it successfully is to really map out exactly what the roles and responsibilities of the person are going to be, mm-hmm. um, the characteristics that that person should have, uh, and the, the skill set that that person should have. Um, and once you've mapped that out exactly, then you need to determine uh, just kind of on paper what that person looks like. Mm-hmm. And then come up with questions where you can test for those skill sets and then email everybody those questions that you're interested in, like moving a step further in the interview process. Got it. And I mean, your first employee is obviously the best, but that was through friends and just networking, right? Or- yeah. So my first employee, as you know, yeah. is uh, the person that originally hired me to start my company. Oh, OK. Wait, I didn't know that. That's yeah. so cool. cool. Yeah, Vanessa uh, was the e-commerce manager at this apparel company that originally hired me. Um, And really what happened was I was completely in over my head uh, just working with contractors and just got way too many clients. Um, And I was like staying up all night just trying to get work done. And she knew I was having this problem and she was not really loving where she was at work. So... She called me up and she said, look, I I have a crazy idea. You need help really badly. And she was actually helping me by by searching for a new employee for me. She was doing the employee search. And I was like, you know, really need help really badly. And she was really ready to leave the job she was at. And she's like, why don't you just hire me? And Mm -hmm. we're very good friends. So I was very... Yeah, I was apprehensive about that. I was kind of like, okay, like... I, I could be down, but it just can't hurt our friendship. That's yeah. more important. Um, but we, uh, you know, we, we went for it. We tried it out. We started working together. Um, and that was about a year ago. And it's gone really well. She's a star. And, yeah. She's a star performer. A star yeah. icon. She's, yeah. she's helped me a ton, yeah, a see. ton with, so with growing the, the business. Table. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you recently had like another interview process. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of the findings from interviewing people? I know you we discussed it a little, but how this generation is a little different than our generation of working, right? Yeah. So did you see any like differences in the, the way they answer questions and like what they're looking for and what they look for in a job? Um, I think that... The- <laughs> There's definitely some things that would be frowned upon back when we were probably, you know, interviewing yeah. for our first job. and Like what? Can you give us some examples? Um, people that are using like abbreviations and like responses to questions. Like You're what? kidding. Uh, you know, people that... Like, like OBS. Yeah, um. people, people that are, yeah, like, you know, OBV, yeah, period. Or people that are writing like <laughs> LOL in an answer to a question, like... You know, it's a it's a texting generation. So mm. people that are using text speak in answers to questions, that was yeah, definitely not great. Wow, people do that. That is really uh, they do. They literally that's how people write. Yeah. Like in a work email. I've seen some stuff wow, in my life and time. So when you see that, how do you separate if they're going to be a good employee and just are in this generation, or if they're going to be a mess? Um. Good question. I, I think that yeah. the the interesting thing with interviewing is that so many companies uh, interview and rather than try and determine mm-hmm. if the person's the best person for the job, they end up determining if the person's the best person at interviewing. Uh, okay. So I think you really have to watch out for that. You don't just want somebody who's really good at answering questions and really um, good at uh, you know, avoiding questions about their weaknesses mm-hmm. or at being personable. Some of it's important, but what's more important is that they have the skills for the job. Really? That is true. I always feel like no. people say the others, like it's like it should be someone that you want to work with and that like skills are, especially for like junior level or, you know, like you can always teach those skills, right? But you can't teach someone to be 
a hard worker. I think it depends on the job. I think in like digital marketing, I think there's a little bit of like, you actually need to be able to like do the thing. Like the ads and things like that. You need to be able to do it. There's a world of like strategic partnerships where it's like the world around you changes a lot. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to like solve problems and like think of innovative new ways to like find solutions and like be personable because you talk to people that like, the skill stuff important, but not as important as like your brain. Yeah. In general. The way that you think, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that there's two things that are important. One is the skill set. Do they have the skill set for the job? And two is, do they have uh, the same core values that your company has? Mm -hmm. Uh, If they don't have the same core values, it can really be somebody that's not going to work out in the long term. How do you figure out if they have the same core values? So that's one of the things we really worked hard on developing questions uh, in order to do, or or we developed questions in order to test. Mm -hmm. Um, We would look at something like we would say, okay, we want somebody who's uh, a self-starter, really hard worker, Mm -hmm. and then our interview question would be, hey, say that we need you to use... um, this system to create a giveaway and then everybody that knows anything about the system goes into a meeting for two hours. What do you do? Um, and the really good answers were the people that would say, oh, well, you can learn anything nowadays on the yeah, internet. Google I'd pull it. up YouTube, I'd pull up Google, I'd figure it out uh, and and do it while you were gone. And the bad answers were like, you know, I'd wait until you were done with the meeting and then people tell you said that. I, that? Yeah, I'd oh, wait until wow. you're done with the meeting and tell you like, hey, I don't actually know how to do this, so you need to show me. Like, you yeah, know, you want to yeah. test for the qualities that you want. Got it. And both of those people, I think, have different places. Yeah. Because they can yeah. both be really good. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, because I think it just, yeah, it depends on the type of company. Because I, I came up in like professional service land you should be co- don't go out there trying to do crazy stuff because like there's actually real clear methodology yeah. that ne- that I need to just show you and then do that but then what are you supposed to do just twiddle your thumbs for two hours no I mean that's uh, part of, right. if that's your answer if you're twiddling your thumbs it's obviously a bad answer right. I, don't, I don't know no I don't think you're helpful that, for any right, company yeah. I mean I mean people can allude to it yeah. um, or, or you know you ask somebody uh, you say you don't get all your work done during the day what do you do um, and people that say uh, just like, oh, well, I just told you, I, you know, I just tell you I couldn't get it all done and I'll get it done when I can or whatever. Uh, those people might be the right people for you or the people that say uh, I'd go home and I'd finish it at home. If they say that, that tells you they're a hustler. And I feel yeah. like nowadays, like you really want people who are hungry who are yeah. hustlers to work for you the people who don't say that this is what i always tell you my yeah. brain legit doesn't compute yeah like my brain we doesn't aren't understand like that those. so i think for us it's weird when people aren't like that there, there are people a lot of people just want to uh go to a job do the work and then clock be done clock yeah. yeah clock in clock out go home and have that time be their time but those aren't career people i think that's the difference there are people who are like go do the job and the operational and then there are people who want careers i don't think career people have ever stuck to a nine to five as as far as i know i mean i could be wrong i mean i'm sure there are people who have and wow impressive but i think you know you have to push yourself you have to get outside your comfort zone to like get past like the status quo yeah i mean your skills a company that just wants the people to come in and uh, do some work and, and they don't want to worry as much about culture or about the person being fulfilled or anything. They just want somebody who's just a workhorse to get stuff done. Some of those people are probably fine for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is always to uh, bring people in who are gonna be able to improve the company overall. Mm-hmm. I wanna grow the best company we can. Um, so I want people who are gonna be able to grow with us, who are gonna be able to uh, help take us to the next level who are going to have really interesting, creative, great ideas from day one. Those are the people I love. I even love like when I feel like I need to catch up with you. Yeah. Those are my favorite. It's like, okay, you're good. I need to like... I can't I'm, be I, silly. Yeah. Or even if they work for you where it's like... Because normally I'm like, I'm, I've thought of like so many steps ahead, but the ones that are like are with me are like maybe like move the project like further and they need me to like check something. Mm-hmm. That's cool to me because like, it tells me you can do cool, amazing things. Like you can move the whole thing forward. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I've kind of like 
I figured it out in my head. You're just like doing the steps. I'm, it's cool, but like going I need through more. the motions. Yeah. yeah, it's not enough. So I have a question. How do you keep your employees happy? How do you keep them from not packing their bags and taking your business and starting their own company? I mean, isn't that the biggest fear that every um, employer has? Is that this person will kind of take the secret sauce and go do their own thing? Yeah. So I think happiness for people comes from um, uh, feeling like the work they're doing, uh, matters and then feeling like they're appreciated. Mm -hmm. Um, and appreciation can have many forms, right? Uh, so I think that my goal is to make sure that people, uh, see the impact of their work and make sure that people are working on, even if they're doing some things they might not enjoy as much. I always want to know you know, what do you enjoy? What would you want to do more of? Mm -hmm. Let's, let's have you do more of that. And then I want to show people that I appreciate them. Um, and how do you do that? I, I think that, uh, there's a couple ways. One is complimenting people when they do a great job. And the second is, uh, incentivizing people with things like bonuses. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that it makes a lot of sense that if people do things that are going to help make the company more money, that they make more money. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a lot of companies are scared to do that. Mm. That is a good point. So we have some questions okay. from yeah. the people. Well, I actually only have two, but like okay, we'll we're here. This, yeah. Um, this is from <laughs> Yojiska Flores. She asks, how the F do you get started if you know very little about the business you want to start? More like she has an idea, maybe a clothing line. Like, where do you even start when it's like in your head? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely probably a lot harder to start a business when you don't know anything about the business you're starting. I, I really think that if someone is starting a business and it's the first business they're starting, they should start something that they feel they have some expertise in. Um, and if you don't have expertise in anything or you don't have expertise in the thing that you want to start a business with, then you need to go out there and get it. Go work for somebody that's already doing it. Um, but uh, I think that if you do start a business in something that you know and you want to move to something else later, um, all those skills that you gain uh, in starting a business with something that you already have expertise in are going to be applicable to the next business that you start. True. Is anything you want to start in your head that's in your head? Like in your, sorry, anything you want to start that's in your head that you haven't started and why? I think I always start whatever's in my head. I don't think I've ever had a problem or fear. And I think you, how Alex was saying, you just ask people. Like if I ever have a question about something, I'm not sure. Like I know Alex, I know a bunch of people in the space who have started their own businesses and I'm not afraid to ask them, oh, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? Like, how are you doing your taxes for this, for that? And I think it is building out your network so that you have people you can ask because no one can do it on their own. It takes, you know, a community and you have to be curious. I think that's the number one thing. It's like when you meet people, really like find out what goes into doing this. Do for Jessica, how I would answer that is do informational interviews, you know, call up people who are doing what she wants to do and ask them how they got there, what, how they started. Maybe you want to start a clothing business. Maybe you're a designer, but you don't know the business. And go find someone, you know, post about it and find someone who will do the business side while you do the designing side. I think you should also, like, delegate things that you don't know how to do. Maybe you don't know how to run the books, you know? Find someone who can do that, right? Yeah, I think that if you're... I think that you're a doer, right, Tiffany? Mm -hmm. So it sounds like, uh, I feel like there's two different types of people. There's the yeah. people that sit there and they plan and they plan and they plan. And then there's the people that have an idea and they just do it. Uh, yeah. And then there's some people that are in between. Mm -hmm. um, and the most successful people are probably teams of people where one's a doer and one's a planner mm -hmm. or somebody that's got like a, a great unique skill set where they, they are able to do both. Um, but I think that the really important thing, if you're looking to start your own business is really to just start, yeah. uh, assuming that you know something about it first, uh, you have some expertise in an area, just get started, start with, um, going out there and, and trying to get your first client or, uh, going out there and, and doing research on what you need to, in order to create your first product. I definitely say for your first business, I think it's better to start a service-based business than a product-based business. Mm -hmm. uh, they can be profitable right away. They don't require um, that you have a, a huge amount of investment or anything. 
Yeah. And just to touch base on that, what you said, I think launch fast and then edit. Right. Nothing start like everyone's like, but I'm so crippled by the first post or by the first blog or by the first company. And if you go look at any Instagram influencer's first post, it was Ratchet absolute trash. It but was it's just, fine because no one cares. But you need to keep putting out trash, 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 and eventually. It'll become something that you're proud of. But n- no one sits around in a pile of good ideas. Whoever has a pile of good That's ideas good. has okay, like quote. a million <laughs> bad ideas that came before any of those good ideas came. Yeah, it doesn't all have to be flushed out either. You can start and you probably are going to go a direction you didn't really think. Mm-hmm. Um, you can start a business and, and it, it's going to weave and it's going to turn into something else. So yeah. it doesn't all have to be planned out. Next question is from Nick Tangora. He asks, how do you keep like growing your product and like evolving and like, um, I think you just want to know like, how do you like evolve forward? You know what I'm saying? Cause sometimes you have the thing and then it's done, but how do I find the next version? Yeah, Cause you started with just like the marketing and then you kind of built out into more built like yoga society, building like a whole platform. How do you, how did you kind of expand the business and what made you decide to not just stick to like more of like just doing, let's say Facebook ads? I I feel like that's a hard question to answer for me. For me, the hard part is always not doing too many different things. Uh, I always, um, I think I'm, I'm an ideas person. So I always have a lot of random ideas uh, of things I want to do and I want to do all of them and I want to do them all at once. So I'm more, I have to limit uh, what I'm doing so that I can do the the few things I'm doing better. Um, in terms of how do you evolve, how do you improve over time? Um, I think that's all about doing research, keeping up with the industry that you're in. Uh, and if it's a product based business, a lot of getting consumer feedback, um, looking at the problems that your customers have and if they have problems in that are that are similar that you can solve with another product, then doing research there and figuring Mm -hmm. that out. And I have a question. Where do you see this business going in five years? Like what, what vision do you have for yourself as owner, CEO and founder and for your employees and for the company in itself? Do you see yourself selling it? Do you see yourself having, you know, a whole like 20 employees? What, where do you see this all going? Yeah, I, you know, I have it all written out somewhere and it's not on me, so I can't I can't recall exactly how many, but I do see uh, in five years being like 30, maybe 40 employees, mm-hmm. um, just really glo- uh, growing our client base, getting a reputation for um, just doing a great job in marketing and uh, just getting bigger and bigger and bigger clients. Um, I don't really have as much of an interest in selling uh, I just, I feel like I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now and I don't see a reason that I'd want to do that. Uh, also I see my role just go like becoming more and more working on the business instead of working in the business, mm-hmm. which is an important distinction and is really difficult to do. Um, when you're somewhere in like the five to 10 employees and contractors range, mm-hmm. you end up spending a lot of time working in the business, but there's so many things you could always be doing to improve the overall business. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one thing that we kind of talked about is like managing people, making them feel valued. What do you do for yourself to get that same um, type of support? Do you, you know, like what, how are you leveling up yourself so that you can provide this kind of um, support to your team? Um, I think self-improvement is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to start my day when I'm being good and organized by writing down my thoughts for the mm-hmm. day, uh, what my goals are, what things I need to get done. Um, I, I think that that, uh, making sure that you have some idea of where you want to go mm-hmm. is very important. And I think every successful person there is out there, and I'm not saying I'm successful, but I'm saying all the people that are super successful, mm-hmm. they all talk about goals. So I think that you have to have goals because you can't achieve a goal if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that uh, coming up with rewards for yourself is, is really oh, good. There you, we go. People like respond. Yeah. Humans respond really well to what are some uh, rewards, rewards for or yourself? incentives. It, it could be like, 
hey, once we hit like this much in revenue, like we're going to like this uh, fancy, expensive restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, once we get this many more clients, I'm going to take this trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be um, if we make our revenue goals for the month, like I'm getting a massage like every two weeks then from mm-hmm. then on, let's say. So, <laughs> yeah. so just anything Little that you treats. enjoy, um, setting that up as something where uh, if you, you know, having like a self-contract, if you, if you make this happen, then you're going to get X. I love that. I love that. Because people don't, I don't think I even reward myself enough. No, I don't either. I I love that. And especially for milestones, I think it's important to, I I remember I went to a Reiki healer and she told me, Tiffany, you never celebrate your wins or your milestone moments. And I I can't, I don't think I've ever celebrated anything have achieved so i think it's important to do that you, you know? have to it makes it more likely you'll achieve more things yeah the next thing you want to do faster um i think i think we all kind of like punish ourselves a lot for some yeah. reason um we, oh God, we be- this is so good so continue yeah so we we just become like more uh successful and rather than uh doing things in our own life to make our our lives better or nicer for ourselves sometimes we just you know make our lives more difficult so Let's just say, for example, um, let's say you didn't like cooking, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're not making as much money and you're running your own business and every day you come home from work and you cook yourself dinner, mm-hmm. right? Let's say the business starts doing really, really well. You start coming home and instead of coming home at 6.30, you're coming home at like 9 p.m., right? But you're still saying to yourself, well, I still would be, it would be a waste of money to order out. I'm still going to cook. Well, you just made it so that you have less time to cook. You're mm-hmm. still making yourself cook, what you don't enjoy. You're making uh, more money probably. Yeah. And you're making way more money. It's like, why, why are you why punishing you yourself for the success? Yeah. Just if you'd rather order out, order out at yeah, that point. Because I, I think you, there's, it comes from guilt. Yeah. Or some, a couple of things it could be a scarcity mindset. It mm-hmm. could be like, oh my god, I can't waste money. Oh my god, mm-hmm. you know, you got to save, make more, keep your same lifestyle yeah. so that you have millionaire more. next door. Yeah, but it doesn't help anyone. You're just like more tired, so you, yeah. but you're getting less in return. Yeah, less like for yourself. You get more money, but like you got to spend something. You have to delegate, is what I learned. I used to be like that too, where it's like, oh, I can, you know do my laundry and do this and do that and those hours like it spent me going to the laundromat and doing that like i ended up wasting more time that i could spend making more money than if i just outsourced that that's me being like oh i've blocked the whole day on sunday to clean my apartment right. it's like yeah I could just exactly have exactly it. i just had someone come in after my party and it's like i saved that time and i was able to like work on some other projects or take some calls or do this podcast like things that i enjoy and that brings more value to my life and so then i go and do more than if i was you know working and you know what i'm saying is it's not like i didn't do that before but as you get older and you have more resources like take care of yourself and do the things that maybe like you were doing when you were younger but now have the resources to have someone else do so you can be more productive um so now that we're like wrapping up what are three things that someone who was thinking about starting their own business should do think about or any resources you have like what are three things that you think could really like help someone start this process um it can be a book things. it could Let be like a, a no books no books i think i think Animal people steps? no i think like this thing of people reading too many books and articles and like starting businesses is just an addiction like you're better off like you've read the stuff there's only so many like i know but i think it's reminders i i was listening to a podcast today actually and he said books are the biggest um investment where you like get the most out of it because the two sentences in that book that maybe you paid twenty dollars for can be like a ten thousand dollar breakthrough which i get but there's some people who've read a hundred books Okay. And I was well, still like have the idea in their heads, you know, at that point, it's like, well, okay, yeah, I guess for something. me, when you're a doer, it's different. But I think, um, yeah, because well, I'm like, think? do the book, but then like, do it right now. Whatever's in the book, do it right like, now. Like, you write down stuff. So would it be like writing down a list of goals? Would it be, you know, researching, getting a DBA? Like, for instance, for Jessica, who's thinking of starting her business and doesn't know where to start, what are the th- three things that you would recommend she do today? Today. today? Or like this week? Yeah. 
that could jumpstart the process for her. It doesn't have to be like, get the business today. But like, I mean, for me, I would say like, talk to your, you know, if you have a friend who's a, a lawyer who, who works on um, this stuff or a friend who's a CPA who works on this stuff, like ask them questions like what type of business, if this is a business I'm thinking like, what, what should I start doing? You know, maybe ask them. That's what I did. But what, what would be the thing that you would recommend? Um, I think the first thing I would say uh, is that you should start a business doing something that you're really passionate about, where you want to do it. Um, if you're trying to start a business just so you can make a bunch of money and then like go relax on like a, an island, uh, it, it's not a good idea because it's, it's probably not going to happen. Um, I think that you have to, you end up working harder and harder when you start your own business. You don't end up spending more time relaxing. Right. Um, so if you're, if you're not going to enjoy the, uh, the journey, you're never going to reach your destination. Okay. You, you have to, you better tell them. Yeah. You, you have to do something where you're going to enjoy the journey. Um, so I think number one is, is make sure that whatever you're doing, it's something that you feel really passionate about and you're going to, the reward is going to be doing it every day, mm -hmm. not getting to some man goal. So true. Um, I think the second thing you should do, uh, is really think through what it is you want, uh, and come up with goals and then start working backwards and say like, how can I achieve these we goals? We just talked about this. Like, where do you want to be in five years and then work backwards? Like, what does that mean for you today? Yeah. And be realistic about it. Yeah. You know, don't even just even a year from now. Don't. Yeah. Five years might be a lot, but like a year from now, what, what do you want? Like your headline to read? We were just talking about this. Like, what would you want people to say about you? So yeah. And then your I, company, I, th I mean, I think the last step, um, is probably uh, to, yeah, I mean, you just have to get started with something. And that could be, um, you could do it in whatever order you want, I suppose. You could start by going out and getting a DBA. You could start by putting together a business plan. Mm -hmm. um, you could start by going out and getting your first client. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how I would probably start. I would say go out there, take the skills that you have right how now. How do you go out there and get, get your first client? Start talking to people about what you're doing and, and telling people what you want. You just need clarity on what it is that you want to do. Asking you shall receive. But I think a lot of people struggle with asking people for things. Like how do you, I think you actually have taught me to be, to do that. But how do you not care and just like go forth and ask people for like, different things that you need to make your business more successful with People that. People like being asked for stuff. It actually makes them feel good for the most part because they feel like they can give you, I was reading this in my power book and it's true. People in general, mm -hmm. on average, like being asked for stuff more than they hate it because it makes them feel like they have power and value to mm. give than, than nothing. And for the most part, people also like pleasing people. So they're more likely to say yes than no if it's something they can do. Yeah, a lot. I mean, most people like helping people. I like helping people. Yeah. When people ask me for stuff, I always try to help people or connect yeah, people I with ask somebody. Alex all the time. But yeah, I think it's a built skill. I think a lot of people aren't naturally I, good at that. I think you need to. Uh, it's important to believe in whatever you're selling, right? And if you think that um, whatever you're selling is going to be helping somebody, um, then you can see it more as like, hey, like I'm looking to do something that's good for me, but it's also good for this other person or business entity. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you approach it from that mindset, um, then it's a lot easier to talk to people and, and try to sell your services. Uh, True. I thoroughly believe that we do a fantastic job at growing businesses, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to tell anybody who's running a business or runs the marketing department for a business, hey, what are you guys doing? I think we can help here, here, and there uh, because I think it'll be a mutually beneficial relationship. Um, I so think that's th like yeah. confidence, you know, right? Because you need to believe in yourself and what you're selling. I think how do you do that before you have the, ca the first case study? Because, you know, I think someone took a chance on you, right? And you were lucky and and you had the skills so you got that and that like built your you know they say competence builds confidence so how do you recommend someone who doesn't have that one case study to get people to give them a chance um so you can always just try to talk people into giving yeah. you a chance but if you're finding it difficult uh sell your services at a discount sell them for free whatever you need yeah. to do to get your first case study 
just tell somebody like, hey, I just want to do this because um, I want to get my first case study. Let me help you guys. I'm not going to charge you anything. I love uh, that. And then that's good. And then get the testimonial. Yeah. Get them to refer you to people. Mm-hmm. If you do them a favor, there's the like law of reciprocity, yeah. right? You're very if good you at do that. somebody a favor, um, they just want to do a favor back mm-hmm. for you. It's true. Those are good tips. Those, Those are, are good great tips. tips. Where excited. can they find you? Where can they find me? Yeah, yeah. social media. Social like media. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, Alex made you look. Okay. Yeah. Where so else? That's it. That's, LinkedIn. I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, uh, I don't know if you. Slide. Yeah. If, if you, you if people slide into your DMs, will you respond? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Okay. It depends. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's I think it's Alexander Golick on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to work with us and reach out to us, great. Yeah, if you, uh, want, if you have a business and you want growth, boo, here it is. And what's the website? Uh, and our website is intensifynow.com. Cool. And that, that's because the people that owned intensify.com wanted $26,000 wow. for that. And, and we didn't want to pay that. But the, the only bad part is now people keep thinking our name is Intensify Now. But, wow. but the, the now is just there for fun. It, <laughs> right. You could have done Intensify LA. I, I suppose, but yeah. we work internationally, so we don't want to just oh, that's be. True, yeah. you do. It's like when people do like yeah. get intensify, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Like get product name.com because it's gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense now. Um, thank you so much for coming. Thank, thank you. you guys for this having me. This is so helpful. This is so great. This is I'm tactical inspired. life in limbo land stuff. If you guys like the more of these kind of episodes, you really go into less so much like the feelings because Tiffany has such a vibe, vibe people, but like real tactical information. Yeah. Let us know. We can definitely do more of those because this I is important. People want to learn. People want right. to be educated. That's yeah. the new thing. I think people are looking at how they can learn from content mm. versus just it being entertainment. Yeah. And so I really want, I think that's why we changed the life in limbo land mm. too, is we want to bring more value to you guys. So let us know what you think. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to life in limbo land, the go-to podcast for all things millennial. If you like what you heard, go give us a rating on iTunes. We're hoping for five, but do whatever you feel is right. Five and make sure that you go like, and heart and comment on all of our social media posts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.